Good afternoon, everybody. 27th of April, one o'clock, Singaviel, Google Hangout. Um, right, let's just go through a few initial things. We are CPD accredited, so you have to call us or email us if you want to retain, get your CPD certificate um, later after the event. So that's the first thing. There's, the next thing is remember to sign up to YouTube, and that way you join our YouTube channel and you'll receive notifications of everything we're selling, and you'll hear about the Hangouts. And remember now we are on podcasts, so you can listen to me, Dale, Graham, and our guests when you are running or walking the dogs. Any time. So remember that. Now, today is a first because this is the first Google Hangout on site. So I'm sitting in sunny Manchester, which was sunny, but it's now raining. And we are today with me, we have Dale. Hello. We have Graham. Afternoon. And we, our guest today is Paul Unger who is the publisher of Playtech. Hi. Okay, so, I'm just playing around with my controls slightly. Okay, so let's just talk about, right, let's just talk about Paul. Paul's gonna tell us all about Playtech. I'm up at the event in Manchester. I've been involved with um, one of their events today, which has been really interesting. So Playtech, is an online tech-focused property publication, and Paul's going to tell you all about it. And um, tell me if I'm incorrect at any time, Paul, let me know. Began, Placetech began publishing in February 2018, and it's the same team behind the established Place Northwest. And Paul is a journalist. He graduated, and he worked at the Liverpool Daily Post and Echo in, I don't want to give away his age, and Paul set up Place Northwest in 2007. And Place Tech is very interesting because it is the only property tech-focused publication. So I'm in Manchester, and I've been attending the Trends Talk at the Bright Building, um, which is really interesting. So I think we'll talk about that in a moment. Paul's going to tell you about Place Tech. So first of all, let's do our roundup of deals and what's going on in the world. Dale, over Hello. to you. Over to you. Okay. Hi, everyone. Um... Okay, let me just give you a quick quick overview of what's been going on uh, since our last Hangout. Um, in terms of, uh, just to give you a quick idea of, of, of recent deals we've done, um, we, we recently exchanged on the sale of an industrial estate ground lease investment in Bolton for £1.9 million. And this was a rare opportunity to acquire a, a very highly secure investment which had an average 67 years unexpired lease term. And the sale generated some strong interest, which resulted in us closing by way of a click-to-purchase online best offers, um, with us exchanging contracts online with the top top bidder at a yield of five percent. Um, in terms of deals we've 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 got currently in the market, um, we've got two retail investments which we are offering for sale by click-to-purchase artificial intelligence online auction. Uh, for those of you who aren't familiar, are AI auctions, what they do is completely emulate the traditional auction experience, but online. Um, and the AI auctioneer, Gabby, 
as she is known, um, will manage the auctions directly and and the AI provides complete security and transparency to the auction room. So anyone interested in participating, the first property we're auctioning in about three weeks time on the 16th of May is a shop in rugby let to Holland and Barrett, who um, the tenant's been trading since 99 from this store. It's let off a rebase rent and we're guiding £450,000, which is 6.4%. The second property which we're auctioning the following day on the 17th of May is a shop in Torquay let to William Hill on a new lease from 2016 at a rebase rent. The guide price on this one is £265,000, a very attractive manageable lot size and a high yield of ten, just over 10%. We've got a few bits which we're offering for sale by private treaty, uh, the first of which is a mixed-use retail and residential investment in Fairham, which is a ground floor shop let on a new 10-year lease with a three-bed masonette above, um, currently let on an AST, but there is planning in place to build out four further flats. We're asking £525,000, a gross yield of 6.4%. Uh, in Plymouth, we've got a really secure investment in the town centre on Cornwall Street with about 70% of the income secured for just under 40 years to Grand Metropolitan Estates for a AAA covenant. Um, the asking price on this is £665,000, 7%. And a couple of final ones, a roadside investment in Oxfordshire, which is a petrol filling station and convenience store let for another about 10 years with a guaranteed rental increase. We're asking about 1.1 million, which is about eight, eight and a half percent or so, rising to a guaranteed about nine and a half percent. And in Ivory Bridge, we have a supermarket investment let for over 10 years to the full co-op group. Only supermarket in the town. Tenants spent about a million pounds on the building, fully committed and we're seeking 2.73 million at 6.5%. I think Graham's got a few sales in Scotland, which I'll let him briefly give you an overview in a sec. And just to mention, we do have some new sales we're working on uh, coming up. So happy if anyone wants to get in touch to get some more information. We're going to be offering probably next week a a multi-let mixed-use retail, trade counter, and industrial investment in the Northeast on a really prominent roadside location fully income producing add value opportunities it's going to be about three and a half million pounds about six and a half percent with a guaranteed uplift to over seven percent and we're also working on a um, another roadside car show investment in the northwest led to a good covenant long lease good scotland what's going on in scotland graham scotland um yeah we continue to market the uh, all saints in aberdeen an absolutely cracking unit uh right in the prime pitch of union street in aberdeen uh, 1.7 million seven and a quarter percent uh a very very nice building in high street air lit super drug for just over three years uh, opportunity to regear the lease and uh, uh get some nice secure income from super drug um, we're offering that at 11 percent which is a pretty attractive yield um, like Dale, we're working on two or three other things, uh, two or three just nice tuck-away single-let retail opportunities and another bigger one with, with asset management opportunities. Um, recently concluded the sale of the McCall's in High Street Dundee and just about to conclude the sale of the Sally Beauty unit in Perth. So it's all good, but our news, um, 
which we can't quite reveal, Neil, but as you know, we've been speaking to somebody about coming on board to boost the numbers in Scotland, and um, that should hopefully happen in the next week or so. So we're bringing somebody in into the team in Scotland to um, to help develop what we've what we've got so far. So that's very exciting for us. Good. Yep. We'll grow, 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 grow. Great. Okay. Right. I'm going to I'm going to bring in Paul now. All right, Paul is going to tell us all about um, place tech. How's that? Right, Paul, hold on, I'm going to turn you on. All yours. Paul? Okay. Tell us about place tech. Well, firstly, thank you very much for uh, asking me to take part in this Google Hangout. It's the first one that I've done. Um, so far, so painless. Uh, but yeah, thank you for that, Neil. Um, and thanks for taking part in our uh, PlaceTech Trend Talk this morning, the first in our quarterly series of those events um, here at the Bright Building with uh, MSP and Bruntwood um, and our PlaceTech partners. Um, yeah, so we set up PlaceTech uh, the last few months, uh, started publishing in February. Um, basically, it was a culmination of um, a growing interest in all the tech that's coming into the property industry, uh, probably going back five or six years um, when we did the first Place Tech branded event under our um, existing Place Northwest uh, publication in 2012 around data centers. Um, and remember when everyone was talking about building those and selling those. Um, and smart cities and some of these sort of buzzwords um, were coming into the, the property uh, vocabulary around that time and ever since then um, I've been following um, from a sort of business to business publishers point of view following who's writing about that who's covering all the tech that's coming into property and seeing um, the the existing trade titles um, doing a good job within their own sort of spheres within their own verticals for agency developers planners architects etc um, but they were they were dipping in and out of it they've got everything else to cover um, and a lot of it was around the sort of strategy uh, the impact of tech how to prepare for it um, and very much sorry is a looking at Dale <laughs> is my microphone okay uh, yeah I lost we lost you I lost you but you're back you're back all right okay um, <clears throat> yeah we thought there was a gap in the market for all of the um, the activity that was going on and having that covered every day um, and the people want to know about the specific products and services um, rather than just the sort of general disruption chat um, they were taking their head out of the sand and um, ready to make some buying decisions um, but didn't really know where to start so um, we see that tech in application story as uh, being our sort of mainstay of showing these are companies like you using tech these are the partners they worked with these are the products um, and championing um, those that are adopting educating having how-to guides sort of jargon busters some very simple entry-level um, editorial for people that are maybe too afraid too embarrassed to put their hand up um, so they can start dipping their their toe in it really okay well, I, I, I um, just can we tell everybody um, where they'll find you the website is place placetech.net placetech.net and and 
As someone who actually is now <coughs> following it since launch, it has some fantastic articles, and I would urge everybody to subscribe. Um, I think it's a really interesting area. There's no other magazine that I'm or publication that I'm aware of which is specifically linked to property and the PropTech um, world. So I think, I think it's a really interesting place. I would urge everyone to get involved and everyone to um, start watching and start following. I've got a couple of questions, actually. Um, Paul, what's been the reaction since you launched? Launch in um, uh, two launch parties in Manchester and London in mid-February. Um, the reaction was fantastic. Uh, a lot of people turning out to those, obviously in Manchester in our heartland uh, from Place Northwest, uh, a lot of friends and contacts and clients and followers um, wishing us well with the new venture. Um, a, a newer crowd to us in London, we um, piggybacked on PropTech with a Q PropTech Europe um, and uh, we were a partner there and used their event as a sort of springboard for um, our launch um, and had a, a drinks uh, reception straight after that and that was a European tech crowd um, and with a few property people there but very techy and people were, were just relieved that something had come along that could market their products and services for free um, and tell their stories, explain their, their products, the benefits, the features um, and they've been waiting for it and the seemed to agree there was a logic to it that it should exist and uh, you know surprised that there was nothing out there already um, the um, where do you, and where do you see the proptech space um, going at the moment because it's it's all come in the last couple of years but do you see is there a momentum Definitely. And I think it changes every few months. It seems to accelerate and mature um, and the discussion changes. And 2017, um, it's not just my view, but you know, a lot of the, the sort of bloggers and people writing um, the predictions pieces at the turn of the year um, were saying 2017 was very much about getting used to the terminology and people being familiar with prop tech as a concept. Whereas now it's very real, people are actually putting money into it. There's a lot of VC money flowing into it. Um, a lot of the agents, the big global uh, surveyors and multidisciplinary groups are starting to invest in startups. And um, it's, it, it's starting to get real now. And it's, it's um, some areas faster than others. AI is being talked about a lot. Blockchains, obviously close to your heart, is being talked about. Um, and there's there's still a long way to go, but um, uh, people seem to have woken up to it now. It's um, what's interesting is in your publication from this morning, you've got the estimated investment into PropTech by 2020 by an investment property forum is 17 billion, 17 billion, 17 million. So actually. Um, and we've, we've obviously got prop tech side to what we do. So I wouldn't mind a little piece of that 17 billion. I don't need much. I don't need much. But I think it's very interesting the way it's going. I'm, I'm going to talk about today's event. So today's event for everyone listening it was the trend talk, which was fascinating. It's in the Bright Building in Manchester Science Park. And we had various speakers, there was some, which I think Paul actually could probably run through probably better than me um, in, in terms of their backgrounds. 
But what was interesting was some, I've written down some of the interesting topics that were discussed. We had Tom Wren and Bev Taylor from Manchester Science Partnerships who developed the building we're in. We're in the Bright Building at the moment in Manchester Science Park, one of these leading tech. Um, it's an amazing building, really amazing. That Nicola Woods from a company called OBI, who is an interior designer, and what she was writing through was how tenants are demanding quality space, which I suppose sounds obvious, but if you look at the way the buildings are being fitted out, they're being fitted out into an environment which is very much something which the tenants are demanding, nice hangout areas, food courts, funky, whereas in the old days it used to put in, put in suspended ceiling in a carpet and you expected to let it, but I think the world's moved on completely. So those guys um, were speaking to the room today. And um, there were a couple of very interesting things that I, I thought out of what they were talking about, um, as well as your tru yours truly, was they were talking about energy and how energy is being um, the, the national grid and how you've got the challenges of energy supply and controlling it. One of the things that I thought, though, was um, was very interesting was from one of the other companies who was presenting, someone called Clive Hall, a company called Place Dashboard. And what he was explaining is how, as a business, they are able to advise clients on the footfall from shoppers in their various streets and shopping centers, but also the behavior. So I, what occurred to me was that that actually should start impacting upon valuation decisions and also on investment decisions. The investment decision, I suppose, is quite obvious, but in terms of a valuation decision, if I'm selling a building and I can show data to show that there's X percent more shoppers go past my shop and, and stand outside, Rather than in the old days, it's all about it was all about location, location, and how close you were to the prime pitch. I think it's actually moving to a different world now, where you're using tech, and tech is going to come into valuation and investment decisions, which it hasn't actually yet. So I, that's the thing. I that's just one of the main things that I got out of this morning's event. But I, th I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about um, what you had your feeding, but I thought it was I thought the, the event was really interesting, great today. Yeah, no, we were very pleased. It's the first one that we've done. Um, as I say, it's going to be a quarterly series. We're going around Europe with them as well. And we wanted to have a sort of fast pace um, event, not taking too long into people's days. So a couple of hours where they could just get a snapshot of some of the tech that's out there, some of the hot trends. Um, and um, people can start to um, immerse themselves in uh, the people that, that are doing this day in day out um and move from that sort of um position of, of ignorance and and ludditeness some would say in property and um get out there and meet and touch um the the, the tech and the the peers that are, are doing this energy you mentioned um there's a outside here in the car park there's now a, a tesla power pack battery um and uh they're looking to take this this building off grid in the next 12 months um, which is, uh, I think it's the first commercial property um, to be fitted with one of those in the UK. Uh, that's a huge area. And um, in terms of the sort of behavioral implications for energy and having sensors monitor where people are and um, adjusting services within buildings um, accordingly is is a huge area. Um, you mentioned tech as occupiers. There's a, a, a crossover with things like sensors as well in a similar way to, to the energy 
picking up the, the movement and um, how much space is used and meeting rooms, things like that. Um, you did a great job yourself on uh, the blockchain and um, I saw there's some interest from people coming over and speaking to you afterwards. Uh, there's some very exciting ideas around blockchain in property and even at a city level, people are talking about how they can maybe have sort of, um, you know, Bitcoin for city um, type thing and, and raise revenue for, for boroughs and uh, local government. Um, and then in the second half, we had a bit of fun with some sort of short, showcase pitches from some tech companies you mentioned the retail um monitor it's very powerful place dashboard um uh, just takes information off mobile phones basically anonymized from uh, existing apps travel apps maps things like that um, and they can see where people are going and taking it through to the the automated sort of prediction um, intelligence now, where they can they can say what the impact is likely to be if they lose X retailer off a, a retail park, uh, because they've seen uh, seen uh, similar evidence from from other parks. Um, Giraffe 360, Micus um, presenting. They've got a, a beautiful product. Uh, it's very very simple, one button, um, and it does very high quality. Um, HD 360 photography, floor plans, uh, it's got laser built in, um, they're getting some real real traction um, and uh, then there was Hark as well doing some very clever stuff with um, environmental monitoring of, of temperatures and power um, within buildings and um, starting to uh, to tell asset managers what they've got um, and putting that into old buildings and old spaces as well, just getting the basics right, really, to start that, that, that baseline data um, of letting uh, property owners realize what they've got and, and then they can start de deciding what to do with it. Great, 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 great. Okay, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I thought it was, like I say, I th and I assume you'll be putting online about today absolutely yeah it's been filmed it's it'll be written up in, on place tech in the next week um yeah so look out for well, that's that what we'll do we'll publicize it when it when it goes online we can we can tell our audience as well and um hopefully, hopefully it'll help people will then see how good the publication is um and i and i think they'll learn by it i think the more people embrace the better so let, let's should we just should we just jump around to some news? What's going on in the world? Um, just to Dale, you had some you had some points to make about what was happening, didn't you? You want to talk uh, about AI? Yeah, well, I, I I read something which I mean, obviously Paul's just mentioned. Sorry, I, I can't hear you. Hold on a minute, Dale. Say that again. Oh, can you hear me? Not not very well for some reason. Hello. Can you hear Dale? I can. Okay, go on. Carry on. Um, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, we Paul mentioned AI, and I obviously mentioned that we'd, we're we've adapting in our business with our AI auction. So I, I read a report this week about you know just about how the property industry is embracing AI. That forty eight percent of law firm London law firms are already using AI, and a further forty one percent have imminent plans to do so. And it's predicted that the use of AI will will result in job losses in these firms, particularly at junior and support levels, whilst, you know, AI is obviously going to take over um, from those particular yeah, you know, roles. You know, what, you know what they're doing? It, you know what they're using it for? 
you know what they're, they're using they're using it for um, to a large extent to read documents so if, yeah. you were, if you're buying a building you've got a hundred documents to read the AI can read it in a couple of seconds and give you a report so all that mundane you know crunching of going through leases and saying when's the rent review etc I mean I did it in my youth when I was at Jones Lang and, and now it's all done in a second or two by the artificial intelligence and the thing is they learn over time because it's not it, one thing about um, AI is it, it learns it because there are mistakes made and it learns to correct them so I think that's very interesting. We are, as, as Dale has mentioned, we're using artificial intelligence in our auctions. And I just want to come back to that. We, we've got up because of course we're associated with the click to purchase business. Our auctions emulate the live auction experience but online. And I don't want to mention a competitor, but there was a competitor doing an auction yesterday, an online auction, which I have to say was really dull. You're just watching a screen and you're watching a number change. And I, I don't think in any way that emulates the traditional ballroom experience, and I don't think it coaxes bidders. What we do is we entice people in. We're saying, hello, everyone, welcome to the auction. Are you any more bids, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And now we've got an artificial intelligence, which is actually controlling it. The key about artificial intelligence is that it's beyond manipulation. So that's the, it's all about putting faith in the process for the consumer, and the consumer is the bidder, and the bidder therefore can bid in real time against a, a computer generated auctioneer knowing that no one can be tipped off and I think that's the way the world's going I think it's I think AI is gonna it will impact our industry as well much more so than it has already so that's that that's my view anyway you see much AI have you seen much AI I, I, there's been a lot written about it and I think the the conversation is sort of um, it started with big flag waving, um, scaremongering sort of headlines about job losses. Um, I think people are realizing that AI is going to augment some of the processes that you mentioned about in law firms, reading documents. They're things that maybe humans aren't very good at, at quickly, accurately getting through 100 documents. A, a, a piece of AI software could do that better, which frees up the time for the lawyer to then use their intellectual human skills around managing that information and doing a better deal that doesn't see them out of a job but it's just something they're better at than the than the ai is the sort of judgment the relationships um, those human skills on that theme i agree completely because on that theme what we're finding now is there are there are lawyers actively embracing what we are doing in our side business of picture purchase, and they are now looking to do exchanges online, even though they don't legally necessarily need to do so, because they can do this formally with exchanges. By doing exchanges online, it gives them an audit trail, and it gives them um, a level of um, accountability and transparency. So they're beginning to combine the AI and other tech into their businesses. I think law is actually probably been slower, if not as slow, but certainly pretty slow in, in the same way as agents to adopt tech, but there's been a huge shift of attitude. I think they've sort of woken up to the fact they need to do something. So I, I see that as a, if I noticed today, you had quite a lot of lawyers here, didn't you? Yeah, so that's now, Dale, next, what's your second thing? Which actually I did mention to Paul, which I thought was very interesting. Well, the, the, the Colliers, mm. yeah, again, I don't know if anyone's familiar. I, I, I hadn't come across it, but I read about, and again, this is just, further signs that, that, that prop tech is um 
changing our industry. Colliers have 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 um, launched something called the Colliers PropTech Accelerator, which they're doing in association with a company called TechStars, which they say is a, a first of its kind program that identifies and mentors startups who are developing industry disrupting technologies in the property and real estate industry. So they're they're focusing on solving problems and challenges in the industry include and, and they specifically say this includes blockchain solutions and ai applications blockchain so basically they want to invest in us in effect basically basically yeah yeah <laughs> graham graham what's the we were talking what's the attitude to tech up in scotland is there any do you think it's any um do you think you're further ahead of us no well as you and i have discussed in various occasions neil we're still hampered by the restrictions on electronic signatures which is which is very very frustrating um you know the the law society have introduced electronic signatures to to be used and i think that was introduced almost a couple of years ago and i know from speaking to many lawyers they sit with um dated card readers in their drawer and nobody has ever adopted it so it's it's a real challenge to to get certainly the legal profession um to to embrace the technology and move forward with it uh and i think once they do then it will it will move at a pace but at the moment the frustration is nobody wants to use it your frustration is, the, is do you think of the legal side rather than the, the agent side well definitely and well yeah because i think the the introduction of electronic signatures in Scotland has been uh, promoted principally through through lawyers allowing them to use electronic signatures and I think from a property industry point of view um, they'll all the all the agents will sit up here and not as far as I can see really do much with with um, with prop tech uh, and once the lawyers move forward with it then the agents will all think it's a good idea well what will happen is this agent it's like anything about, in my view, in prop tech. First of all, when it puts money in your pocket, you adopt it. If it doesn't put any money in your pocket, you won't adopt it. If other people start taking money out of your pocket, you'll adopt it. The issue with, I know a little bit about it, the issue with the electronic signatures restrictions in Scotland is, dare I say it, whoever wrote the legislation doesn't really understand technology because I've looked at it inside out and they basically made it almost impossible to generate legally binding electronic signatures in Scotland. So that's why no one's using it. If they, if it could be done, we would certainly be doing it. And I actually even question this card reader business. I'm not even sure that actually accords with the requirements of these statutes in Scotland. Um, anyway, I won't go into it, but I think that I've seen us, I've seen this in other domain, in other countries, actually, people writing legislation around, around how to use certain items of tech don't understand the tech themselves, no question. I mean, I say that, I'm not gonna get it done for defamation, am I? I haven't mentioned anyone by name. Anyway, so that's happening in Scotland. But other than that, I think, um, I think I don't see any difference in the Scottish market in terms of technology. I, the, the, the national firms are trying to, are, are looking to change anyway. So I think there's a general change of mood my, amongst the agency community anyway, in my opinion. Well, I've not seen any obvious signs of it so far, but um, yeah, certainly there's a new development just been announced in the city centre. It's going to be the most uh, green-friendly, techy office development in Glasgow, and um, it may well be. Uh, but yeah, but 
Yeah, see, I think, see, I think it's all very well being green. It's about whether it saves you money. And if it saves you money, you pay more rent. If it pays more rent, the investment value is worth more. And that's where it's all going. It hasn't gone that far. It hasn't gone in that way yet, but I think it's now happening. And that's one of the things that came out of the event today, I think. Um, does anybody want to ask Paul, our tech journalist specialist, anything? I think, Dale, didn't you want to ask something to Paul? You told me. Mine was a completely untech related question. I was just going to ask Paul. I was interested because I see, as Neil mentioned, you started out at the Liverpool Daily Post and Echo and you shall have a long, long and successful career in journalism. Who, I was just wondering who the most interesting person during your career you've interviewed or if anyone stands out. Oh, gosh. Um, that's, Sorry, uh, I'll put you on the spot. I thought he was going to say Derek Hatton. <laughs> um, you're too young, you don't remember Derek Hatton. I've never... I before my career even started, my um, work experience was for a law firm and um, I had the pleasure of spending two weeks um, at the Ken Dodd tax um, court, court trial. Um, obviously wasn't a journalist then, I was only 16 and that was with uh, somebody that was working for a Swiss bank keeping a, a sort of listening brief to see if they would be mentioned uh by mr dodd um but that was that was great fun and got to see um the late george carmen um barrister um amazing uh cross-examiner and um his relationship with the judge and his summing up his classic sort of something to leave the jury with um and he said something about uh not a lot of, of comedians are accountants but there's a lot of accountants that are comedians um and needless to say, Ken Dodd got off on all of his uh, charges. Actually, I'll tell you, I, actually, I, I've also got a Ken Dodd story. You want to hear my Ken Dodd story? I was buying a sofa a few years ago, and the lady who was, took my order, her name was Dodd, right? So I said, oh, any relation to Ken? She says, yes, it's my uncle. So I said, well, I, don't, I know we've used to stuff the sofa, the sofa then. <laughs> so, I thought it was very funny. She didn't think it was very funny. I thought it was very funny. So anyway, any, I think um, any any more questions for Paul? We said, oh, how's prop sector changing the industry? We've decided we've discussed that one already. Obviously, uh, obviously Liverpool are going to win the Champions League. If you want to ask about football, yeah, I don't. I'm not a football fan actually. <laughs> Am I allowed to? Oh, Paul, you're barking up the wrong tree. Me, I don't. I, don't <laughs> I find it a bit dull, really. <laughs> Did I hear you say something, Graham? No, I just said uh, don't try and engage in sport chat with Neil. It's, uh, it's it falls in deaf ears. Okay, moving on. <laughs> I, actually, that's that's very unfair. That's very unfair. I'm highly I'm a highly sporty. I just don't like football. Um, anyway, okay, guys. Look, we've been on for our normal half an hour. There's, has anybody got any particular topics? I thought I could mention. I could I could talk about. ICOs and cryptocurrencies. Just to wrap up, I'd like to try and try and bring new topics into the conversation. Let me talk about ICOs very quickly, and I'll tell people what's happening. An ICO, for those of you who don't know, is what's called an initial coin offering. And there was a real buzz, I would say, up to the end of 2017. And it was a question of 
people who had a blockchain-based business would be using ICOs as a way to raise money. So what they would do is they would tokenize. So for example, in Click to Purchase, we license the use of Click to Purchase to customers. But what we could have done is rather than actually send them an invoice, they, we could sell them tokens. They're like, you know, the old days of the pools, you know. And you send them tokens, and they, each token would be used for a particular event. And as their tokens reduced down, we, they would then top up their accounts online. Well, that's, that's tokenizing. The idea behind ICOs is that I would issue a million tokens in the business. I would only release 200,000. 100,000 might be bought by customers who wanted to use it. But the other 100,000 may be bought by speculators who think, well, I like this business. The demand for the tokens is going to go up. Therefore, I'll buy some tokens because they might be worth a pound today, but they'll be worth two pounds tomorrow. So you're creating a currency. The value of the tokens goes up. The 80% that we hold back goes up in value. The company makes a lot of money. That's the basis of ICO. You're creating a cryptocurrency. But I think that what's happened is there's been a dramatic change. I think the governments are clamping down. And I think the way the cryptocurrency took a bit of a hammering in the last few months has actually undermined um, the whole ICO and cryptocurrency world. Do you, uh, Paul, do you think, I mean, you must have had lots of people talking to you, saying to you, well, you're writing about tech. You must be, you must be writing about cryptocurrency. Um, yeah, it's one of those things that comes along and uh, I don't think of myself as a techie person at all. I've never really been into into gadgets um, and and you think, oh gosh, have I got to know everything about cryptocurrency? Um, and there's occasionally we get copied into things on, on Twitter and it's these companies that are launching ICOs and then it's the brokers and the traders and gamblers, if you like, that, that are debating about the, uh, the value of them and the, the sort of hype and the lingo that goes with it just completely leaves, leaves me dead, really. Um, but luckily, you know, there are, people out there um, that can translate that and pick out what's relevant for property. Um, and we've uh, had some great contributors uh, writing for us, um, explaining some of the, the property cryptocurrencies that are out there and people can check them out for themselves and readers, you know, they don't need it, need us to, to recommend or, or or put them off. They'll decide for themselves whether they, they think it's it's worth getting in touch with. Um, and that's a lot of what we're doing is just signposting people to to interesting things. Some of them will fly, some of them won't. It's interesting just going back to what you said about Colliers that the last year or two, we've gone from having one or two real estate tech venture capital funds, investment funds, to now every week there seems to be another one. And Colliers, the latest, you've had CBRE pile in, Cushman and Wakefield in the past. Um, and it seemed to go from in the early days that seeing oh, we might find the next Google or we might invest in something that becomes a, a you know a billion pound business um, getting very excited and then realizing there's thousands and thousands of businesses out there a lot of them seem to do the same thing or very similar things um, a lot of them aren't very good at selling and explaining what it is that they do for property and what the benefits are um, and it's moved from the, the surveyors sort of buying individual businesses and agencies and things um, and, and, 
and taking equity in digital startups to now realizing that they need an expert, they need a full-time tech fund manager to spot those opportunities. And they're, they're using funds as vehicles to make their investments for them really on their behalf. Um, it still begs the question, where is all the this money going to go? Billions of pounds of investment going into it. Are there enough decent backable products and services out there or is it good yeah, I, I, I agree in fact i would say yeah i agree completely because actually the funny thing is if you said um if you were to name if i said you name five prop tech businesses that have really done something in the last year it's hard to find it's hard to think because there's lots of loads of them around but it's actually how many are actually making an impact and, and all, with all these tech businesses at some point they run out of money so it's it's is there a need and is there a demand is there a demand from agents and you and clients and customers because they might be the most fantastic idea but they're solving a problem that doesn't really exist and i, I agree with you i think that you have to wonder where the money's going to go maybe they're trying to hedge their bets maybe they're hoping they can find a tech company that, that will help them have an edge over the competition but i actually think that i'm not sure why they're trying to do it i think there's a i think this this idea that I want to have something which my competitor hasn't got. I think the world's changed really because they have a different version. They'll create a different version. In the same way you had Matterport as doing 3D imaging, the company 360 Giraffe today is a similar company. So they just you just create competition within your in your particular area. Going back to what uh, Tom Wren said from MSP this morning, um, if you've got uh, property companies that traditionally haven't spent any money on research and development because it's just wasn't seen as as part of the the necessary model um, then should they be putting money into uh, tech that that's that's out there in terms of taking equity in in external businesses or should they be spending money on an R&D budget for their next building or their portfolio and say how can the user experience the efficiency the resilience of this building be improved um, and look more sort of internally and at, at the projects uh, I guess it's slightly different for, for the surveyors but nevertheless should they be looking at enterprise solutions within their own offices rather than trying to spot the difference between um, you know, two similar uh, centre makers out in, out in the market. So it's it's interesting. It's part of the evolution, I suppose, and we'll we'll wait and see what happens. Okay. So look, I think we are we've run over. We are three quarters an hour in, which we're fifty minutes over our schedule. So I think unless anyone's got any particular comments they want to throw in, I think we can probably wrap up really anyone Graham want to tell you I don't know Graham anything to particularly add I'm not sure about the Scottish market not at this time no see you in a couple of weeks okay so we keep watching Graham Graham's doing a fantastic job building the brand up in Scotland so I think really I think let's I think we should wrap up I need to I need to give everyone a question the quest every every week we take a question I pose a question from the discussion in order to get your CPD certificate. So the question today, I think appropriately, is whose trial did Paul cover when he was a youngster? Okay, that's your question. I think it's a good question, isn't it? That's very good. Right, so Paul, thank you very much. 
we we appreciate having you you and thank you very much for inviting me to the event in Manchester. It's been really interesting. It's been a really good day. Um, thank you. I've really enjoyed it, and we'll help publicise your place tech as best we can. So we'll we'll get, if you, we'll send a link out, and hopefully people will go to the magazine and go from there. So thank you very much, Paul. We really appreciate it. Um, Graham. See you in a couple of weeks. Yeah, well done, Graham. Thank you very much. Dale? Actually, Thank I always you. get confused. Is that Dale or Graham? Is that, hold on, is that Dale <laughs> or Graham? Oh, it's the same, I can never, same chat. I, can never, I, don't, I, never, I always get it confused. Anyway, thank you, Dale. From sunny London. I'm in, I'm, I'll be traveling back soon. Okay, guys, look, so thank you very much, everyone, for watching. And our next Hangout is in two weeks' time, and we'll announce the guests shortly. Thank you very much. Bye.